Hey guys, it's Graham. Welcome to Death by Video. I'm uh, flying solo tonight at the Toronto International Film Festival. I'm going to be seeing the film Killing, which is from Japan, and it is directed by Shinya Tusakamoto. I'm seeing it at the uh, Lightbox in downtown Toronto. I'm excited. It's part of the Master Series. It's a samurai film, which I always enjoy those. Uh, I really liked Blade of the Immortal by uh, Takashi Miyake, which came out last year, uh, which played a TIFF. And... Um, I'm super stoked to be here tonight to see this film. Uh, it's going to be fun. I'll be back afterwards with my quick thoughts. Then tomorrow I'm hitting up Jessica Forever. And I might see another film. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, and then on Thursday I'll be checking out The Legend of the Demon Cat, the director's cut. And uh, we'll have Phil Bardak from our regular, one of our regular hosts back on the show for our take on... Crap, what movie is it? It is... Oh, In Fabric by Peter Strickland. So looking forward to that. We'll be back after the killing with my thoughts on the film. And yeah, talk to you soon. Hey guys, it's Graham. So I just got out of um, The Killing. Actually, I got out of it a while ago, and it's actually not called The Killing. The uh, The proper title for it is Zan, but I believe the production company, or the distribution company that uh, financed it is going with that as their title. Um, killing, not Zan. Uh, directed by, let's see if I can pronounce his name correctly, Shinya... Tetsuya Kamado, um, who directed Tetsuya the Iron Man and Tetsuya the Bullet Man. Uh, it was great. I really, really dug the film. It was an inverse of the traditional samurai picture. Um, it was, uh, the director was there in person, and he said that he basically made this film as a reaction to all the violence going on in the world right now. Uh, he's made violent films in the past, and he said like, they were mostly like fantasy or you know tension relievers. But with everything going on, like he wanted to use the the, the form, structure of a samurai film to to really show how he's feeling about it, and it's the story of a of a young samurai who is boarding with some farmers before he's heading off to uh, to to go to Edo. It was during the Edo period in Japan to uh, to basically join up with other samurais to uh, to uh, form an army for the shogun. And along the way, he meets an older samurai who wants to get him and uh, a young, another boy with the farmers to join him to go to Edo to form a, an army for the shogun, like I just said. And it goes bad. Basically, something that happens in a lot of samurai films, a gang of marauders show up in the farm, and the young samurai goes out to deal with them, but he deals with them through talking to them. And they're like, listen... We do steal, but we don't want to steal from people that can't afford it. Um, essentially, you don't bother us, we won't bother you. Uh, peace was made. But then um, other members of the community push their luck with the bandits and retribution is made, but it's not that bad. And then the elder samurai decides, you know, I got to be a man. I got to go out and take care of it and wipes out all of the marauders except for one. They're not really marauders. They're just dirty men that are traveling through the woods. And from there, things spiral out of control. And it uh, ends on a very sad note with uh, innocence lost and uh, the loss of many lives, both physically and also in the way that their lives will never be the same again. Uh, it was great. I loved it a lot. I'm going to be back tomorrow with my thoughts on, uh, let's see, I'm seeing Jessica forever tomorrow. Uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Hey guys, it's Graham. I just got out of Jessica Forever, a new film from France uh, by two co-directors. It was their first feature film. Uh, I liked it a lot. It was very different from a lot of films I've seen. It was meditative. It, 
I can't even really describe it because like it's it's kind of called a sci-fi film, but it's most definitely not a sci-fi film. Uh, the filmmakers were present and said they were influenced a lot by video games, um, but but they wound up making something very cinematic. It was a quiet film. Uh, it had bursts of violence within it. It kind of was about the push and pull between, uh, I guess, violence that's ingrained in young men and how they're trained to act aggressively and, and with a lot of testosterone. Um, the there were three of the actors there: the lead actress who played Jessica, and the and two of the uh, the actors that played the the male youths, I guess, that she kind of shepherded through the film. Um, and they even described it like at first, like when they got on set, like all the male actors were really like, you know, kind of like trying to one up each other. But as they went along, they kind of fell into this groove, much like the characters in the film did. Uh, it was shot in France. Uh, basically, the gist of it is that it's kind of a dystopian society or a parallel universe where it's not the future, it's not sci-fi, but it's kind of like now, but if things were just slightly worse and there are these characters known as orphans, which are basically like kids that don't have parents and are kind of become eliminated by the government in a way. And the government has this special forces, which we are told like hunts them down and kills them. And it turns out the special forces are actually a swarm of drones, uh, which is very terrifying. And the, uh, the main title character, Jessica, she basically, you know, finds these guys who are nothing but rage and hostility and violence just, you know, channeled at everyone around them and calms them down and brings them together to kind of form a family, to look out for each other, to provide for each other. And it was really touching and it was really at times terrifying because the characters, it was, it was, the film was quick to, quick to clarify that these characters are violent. They have committed crimes. They are criminals. And each of the characters in it kind of deal with the fact that at any moment they could just revert to their old self. Not like it was a push-pull between the two old selves. It just seems like the character of Jessica brought out the, the tenderness and the humanity in them that society had basically like pushed down to re reduce them to just being a violent ball of <clears throat> hate, for lack of a better term. Um, I liked it quite a bit. I, uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what these filmmakers do next, and I hope this isn't the last time that it'll be seen in North America. It currently, I think, Shudder, the distribution service, uh, the streaming service, uh, picked it up for North American release. Uh, I'm glad. I think Shudder right now, I was kind of hesitant to jump on the bandwagon of it, um, to have another streaming service, but I did, and I really enjoyed their programming. I think that in addition to... You know, the Shutter focuses on genre and offbeat cinema, and I think in addition to like their their horror mainstays, they are they, they're the company that released Revenge last year. They are um, putting out films that don't really fit any particular mold, but need to be seen. And I couldn't even imagine how this would be marketed or promoted because there's just no way to like sell it. It's not really I don't want to say there's not really even a plot to it. It's just these characters like traveling through. Uh, through a brief period in their in their time, and it does have a very set beginning, middle, end, and a driving force towards it. Like there's always, even though I say there's no plot, it's constantly driving forward. And and yeah, I enjoyed it greatly. Um, tomorrow I'm seeing two films. I'm seeing uh, The Legend of the Demon Cat, the director's cut, and I'm seeing In Fabric by Peter Strickland, which I am looking forward to both. I'm going to try and squeeze in the standoff at Sparrow Creek. And maybe another film as well. On Friday, I'm going to be seeing Cold War and The Man Who Feels No Pain. So it's going to be it's going to be a tight 
Hey, it's Death Valley Video. Okay, we're back. Uh, it's me and Phil. And uh, we just got out of Peter Strickland's new film, In Fabric, which I think we both really, really dug. I really dug it. Yeah, so far it's the best of the fest for me. Like, I... Oh, today was a good day. I didn't talk about it yet solo, but I saw The Legend of the Demon Cat, the director's cut, just before this, and I, like, was beating it like a madman riding my bike to get over here. But it was, yeah, I mean, like, it's, like, almost the perfect midnight movie in the traditional sense of, like, just weirdness that keeps you awake and keeps you mesmerized. I agree. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it's almost impossible to describe it because it's about a woman that buys a dress to go on a date, and then the dress kind of ruins her life, and then... It ruins other people's lives, and then it causes a huge fire in, I, I guess, London, England? I'm not entirely sure. I'm assuming it's London. It's hard to tell. Yeah, they talk about it being hard to find, make friends in that city. but uh, this metropolitan England yeah. city. I think the one thing they really nailed was the commercials on TV. Like, if you ever go back and watch, like, Sears commercials for sales from, like, the late, late 70s or early 80s. 80s. Yeah, they're very much, like, just a bunch of, like, the worst psychedelic nightmare you could imagine. And this, this film nailed it. Uh, so the catalog imagery and a lot of the logos as well. Like, they've preserved that uh, aesthetic. And a lot of the music echo seems to echo that period. Yeah, yeah. It was sort of under a pseudonym, like, uh, he, Peter Strickland mentioned that it was Tim Gain who did the music, Tim Gain from Stereolab, I would assume. Right, and yeah, it was under some, what was it, some some kind of pseudonym, but I guess it was just so not to say, like, hey, it's a Stereolab soundtrack or something like that. Yeah, but it's the sensibility, I mean, like, Broadcast uh, did the Barbarian Sound Studio uh, soundtrack. Exactly, very similar, it's not quite a Giallo-esque soundtrack, but it's kind of like, uh... It's a bit, it reminds me a bit of like, uh, I guess the Scanner soundtrack a little bit. A little bit. And a little bit of like the similar, so it was quite similar to the Duke of Burgundy soundtrack, a uh, previous Peter Strickland movie. Uh, kind of reminded me of that soundtrack as well. Yeah, it also was a bit like the uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow soundtrack. Have you seen Beyond the Black Rainbow? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh, very synth heavy. And this is like a mix of like, sort of like harp strings and a bit of synth and. Yeah, I felt it was like uh, like regular instruments that could uh, mimic synth sounds. But anyways, it was a great film. It's very late. Phil has to work tomorrow. I've had a long day. It was a great day of movies, seeing The Legend of the Demon Cat. I highly recommend people watch that. Uh, I had to like bolt out of the Q&A to get here. It was a, it was a last-minute thing, but we made it, and I think this was a, it was a great Q&A as well. It was good to see Peter Strickland in person and be like, oh, he's not some weird, strange person. Um, but uh, the castle around Gwendolyn Christie... Um, what was the other actress's name? Marianne Jean-Baptiste, who's probably best known for Secrets and Lies, the Mike Lee movie. Right, right, right. They were fantastic. And uh, I can't recall any of the other actors that were in it right now, but... There's Barry Adamson. I don't think he's... I don't know if he's acted in anything before. I've never seen him act before. Barry Adamson of Magazine, and he was an early Bad Seed, and... Dave oh. Lynch collaborator. He was on the Lost Highway soundtrack. Right, which he played the which character was it again? He's Zach. Uh, oh, right, right. The, the yeah, exactly. Dates. Yeah, yeah, the one that goes well. So yeah, that was yeah great. And then the actress that played the um, I know her who was in the uh, the department store. I can't place her though. I don't know her either. Yeah, I can't. I'll look it up and I'll find it. But I, I really dug her performance. I thought she was like a definite standout highlight of the movie. Oh my God, we're gonna see a car crash. Oh no, it's it's okay. Sorry, it's always chaos here at 2.30 in the morning when uh, Midnight Madness gets out. Anyways, on that note, uh, great day of cinema. 
Phil, final thoughts on In Fabric? Uh, go in blindly like I did. No plot description could convey it anyway, but I loved it. I, I was enthralled throughout. Yeah, it was definitely... balls about Ahoy, and it's a it's, it's very much an audio-visual feast. Like yeah. Peter Strickland's other movies. Mm, definitely. I really think that it was... Uh, he does not care for the three-act structure. Um, no. <laughs> and this movie is a great example of it. So, for Death by Video... I've been Phil. And I've been Graham saying, please should rewind, and we will see you next time. Keep watching awesome movies. Good night. Good night.